the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. Um, and you can grab it there. I am Chris Murray, your host. Thanks so much for being with us. Hope your weekend's going well and uh, have a good program plan for you today. We're going to be talking about some really interesting top stories, some economic data, uh, what Chairman uh, Powell had to say from the Fed this week. And then joining me in just a little bit is going to be the uh, Senior Vice President of Global Distribution, Jared Geasley, uh, from Angel Studios. So not sure if you've heard of the hit series, The Chosen, uh, but this is put out by Angel Studios. And um, it's a great financial success story as to how Angel Studios is operating. Uh, They do it with donations. People pay forward. So for those that go on to the uh, Angel Studios app, for example, to watch their programming, if uh, they don't have the funds or the wherewithal to uh, to pay, other people pay forward for them so they can uh, experience uh, faith and spiritual shows that obviously are, are really good for them. So just a great story. It has to do with crowdsourcing um, and those donations I mentioned. So we're going to jump into that and just see how hard it is. Can you imagine uh, being Angel Studios trying to compete with uh, Netflix and Hulu and Stars and Disney Plus and all the other streaming platforms out there? Uh, of course, the big difference with Angel Studios is they don't have the filth um, and the, uh, the 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 corrosion of programming that hurts, especially uh, children and those uh, young in mind who uh, don't really understand sometimes what they're seeing or how they're being marketed to. So we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Something really scary I've got to get to right off the bat. I've uh, been watching it kind of uh, behind the scenes for quite some time. But um, it's it's getting closer and closer, uh, and that's the federal government advancing their plans to create a central bank digital currency. So to put that into perspective or in your mind's eye, uh, away with paper currency, the U.S. dollar paper currency, and uh, potentially have a central bank digital currency. So um, this is way, way too much power for any government to have, whether it's federal, state, local. They should have nothing to do with a digital currency. And um, the latest steps toward this uh, central bank digital currency is called Project CEDAR. And um, it was launched by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. I was watching that last month. They got a handful of banks like um, Citigroup and others to participate in this wholesale digital dollar is the way they put it for cross-border payments um, that uh, they're they're trying. So they're basically floating this to see who's going to pay attention to it. And who's going to speak about it? Well, we're definitely going to speak about it because it is extremely dangerous and the potential harm that it can do to individuals. I don't even know that you can 
you know, you you can put a a a, a finger on it. I mean, barely. I mean, at its core, financial privacy is so important for all of us. Um, and now, and you're already seeing some of these um, PayPal's and these other uh, just terrible um, companies that are saying they're going to uh, limit on, um, like, say someone is in the firearm industry, you know, they're going to pick and choose who they uh, allow to do business on their app, which, you know what, they're allowed to do that. Like I said, PayPal and all the uh, many of these other companies are just crud companies that you don't want anything to do with, especially when you sit there and you see how they make their money, um, you know, if you're involved in that, it, it it's it'll just make you feel dirty. Um, but, you know, when you talk about this digital currency, they're going to control that currency. They're going to know everything. So unlike if I take a $5 bill and go do something with it, the federal, state, local government doesn't know about it, right? Well, with this digital currency, they're going to know where I am. They're going to know based on um, activity what my political thoughts and leanings may be. They're going to know what my uh, religious thoughts and activities are. They're going to know what's going on in my profession. Uh, What about personal relationships? So this is extreme overreach by the government. And again, okay, I don't care what government. I don't care if it's federal, state, local, municipal. It doesn't matter. Um, This needs to not ever happen because, again, if it does, there's no going back. And um, what if they decide they don't like what you're doing and they freeze your digital currency account? What if they decide that um, they're, you know, they're they're going to um, not process something that you want done because of their view? I mean, think of the WHO, the Department of Justice. We see all of these problems that are going on with um, reckless, negligent leadership. And one side, well, actually, I should say there's, there's, um, there, there's two sides to justice sometimes, or fill in the blank, whatever. There's two sides to it, how it's uh, handled, how it's approached, how it's, of course, covered by the, uh, uh, the media. But this is something that I wanted to bring to your attention. It's real. Like I said, you've got major HSBC, Citigroup, and others, major, major instant, uh, international financial institutions that are involved in this. And, of course, the Federal Reserve and other central bankers around the world. And I can tell you, um, it, it's, it's, like I mentioned, very, very dangerous. Um, so we're going to watch it for you and let you know what's going on. China, I saw this week their new order index in December was at uh, 43.9%. That's down 2.5% from November. That's the third consecutive month that the index has fallen. Uh, uh, China had that zero-tolerance COVID uh, policy locking down um, people and uh, businesses and, of course, that had a negative impact, and we're seeing that in the data um, for the country. Now, they've since 
kind of reversed that because it was blowing up in their face. So that's why, for a good example, you're seeing oil prices go up. Because, again, if they reopen, as since they're the second largest economy in the world, there's going to be uh, more demand because their economy is going to be humming. So they'll use more energy. Um, and I mentioned it came in at 43.9 percent. That's from the Chinese Communist Party. So I would discount that number. Um, they lie. They cheat. They steal. You may remember some years ago here on the Your Financial Editor program when I was speaking with Gordon Chang, who's an expert on China, um, said that you can't believe anything that they put out. The best way to monitor and track what's going on with um, China as far as their economy is uh, their energy, their electricity, other things that can't be manipulated you know, what's spinning on the meter so you can see how much activity is really going on in China because they're not going to tell you the truth. They're going to sugarcoat it um, any chance they get. I also saw this week, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York that I was just speaking about, um, Americans are planning to spend less in the near term. That was based on their December survey. Um, and also it showed that U.S. household spending growth expectations Uh, took a sharp tumble. So there's a lot of concern for the economy right now. We had the uh, textbook definition of a recession last year. There's a lot of talk, even though it was ignored by a lot of people or the words were changed or redefined, you name it. Um, But there's a lot of public talk now for a recession in 2023 some people are saying it might not happen until 2024, but you see more and more of these surveys coming out, and it does show a strain uh, on the, uh, the consumer. Uh, another example of that, a uh, larger number of consumers are having a tough time paying off their credit cards every month. So you've got this elevated inflation that we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, the latest numbers. Uh, You've got people making uh, less as far as income because even if they get a pay raise, it's not keeping up with inflation, especially when you drill down into real numbers, not just a headline number for inflation. But roughly 46 percent of credit card holders do not pay off their dues in full each month. Uh, That was according to Bankrate.com. It came out in December um, that's up. That 46% is up from 39% a year ago. That's a big jump. So then you also look at the income that uh, households, uh, you know, and individuals are making. Well, if you're making 50 grand a year, only around 45% of those folks are able to clear off their credit card debt each month. Now, if you're making $100,000 a year, then you're 63% likely to pay off your credit card in full. So we've got credit card interest rates right now averaging 19%, which is an all-time high as an average. Then we've got the Federal Reserve saying they're going to raise interest rates even more. So get ready for 20% if that happens, or 21%. So for the people that aren't able to pay off their credit cards, just think what that's going to do, that snowball of debt how that's going to, uh, to to really pick up steam. You know, this disgraced FTX uh, 
cryptocurrency bankruptcy is uh, just having such a negative impact on so many people. Um, look, I, you know, with investment comes risk, right? But for people to invest in this uh, cryptocurrency exchange, FTX, and then to see what's what was going on behind the scenes and a company go from at one point being uh, valued at $32 billion um, to next to nothing of that, uh, it, it's really, really a shame. Fortunately, this week, one of the lawyers involved uh, in this bankruptcy said that they're, uh, they've been able to claw back about $5 billion. That was from liquid assets um, that they were able to get. The lawyers were telling the judge, the bankruptcy judge, you know, look, we're doing the best job we can. Um, liquid digital assets, cash, you name it. They're trying to put their hands on anything and everything they can. Um, but so much, as I mentioned, so much damage was done by this clown, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried. And it's really frustrating because... This guy is sitting in his parents' home in California before he goes to trial because he was able to post a $250 million bond, bail bond. And that was secured against his parents' residence. Must be a pretty nice residence, huh, for two uh, Stanford professors who, you know, I'm sure are very proud of their son and what he's done. But on top of this, like I said, that um, that money that was clawed back, you have to remember, you have all the creditors that he owes money to in front of the investors. So they'll be lucky, as I mentioned, to see anything uh, as far as what they invested. I'll tell you what should happen immediately. Five million dollars should be given back from the Biden campaign because that's how much this clown gave him uh, for the last election. $5 million. And $40 million back, and by the way, 99% of that was for Democratic candidates, just in the election cycle in 2022, just last year, $40 million. So you want to tell me that this guy wasn't peddling influence, right, paying for it? Maxine Waters blowing him kisses on the House floor. This is sick that they allow this stuff to happen and that they don't give that money back. That's dirty money. It's been it's we we see it now clear as day. They should give that money back. I'm not going to hold my breath, but they should give that money back. You know, speaking about giving money back, Texas the state of Texas registered a record budget surplus of $32.7 billion, according to their state controller. So that's wonderful. And guess what? Now it's up to the state lawmakers to decide how to spend that surplus. $32.7 billion. You've got the lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick, the governor, uh, Abbott himself, all of these fellas saying Texas taxpayers must first receive tax relief before they commit to any new spending. They're talking about lowering 
property taxes, all kinds of good stuff in Texas before they worry about spending that money and, uh, you know, creating pet projects or paybacks for politics, that kind of thing. Boy, that's so refreshing, isn't it? $32 billion surplus, and they're worried about giving it back to who? Makes sense, of course, the taxpayer. Now, it makes sense, but we don't see that enough. So uh, good for Texas. Uh, It'd be nice for other states to, you know, take a cue from them and try to do the same thing. Coming up next week, the World Economic Forum. Oh, boy. In Davos, Switzerland. So we're going to see all of the uh, elitist and the wannabes. They'll be elbowing each other to get into breakout conference rooms or to get on the bus to go up the mountain or to bump into the right person in the elevator at the hotel they're staying at, just not worried about what they have to do. If they have to sell their soul to get into that little bubble, that's what they're going to do. 52 heads of state, nearly 300 government ministers, the climate guy, czar John Kerry, right? Joe Manchin, what's Joe Manchin doing there? From West Virginia, Joe Manchin, of course, Larry Fink from BlackRock, Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan Chase, Al Gore. I mean, it, this is just terrible. These, it, all these Christopher Ray, the FBI director. What in Sam Hill is Christopher Ray doing at the World Economic Forum? That, of course, is the dog and pony show of Klaus Schwab, um, who's the president of the World Economic Forum. And if you ever watch this Klaus Schwab guy, man, he's scary. Scary, scary, scary. And these are his, uh, his puppets. And by the way, they're going to talk about climate, false narrative, the way that they present it. Um, just weather. That's what it is. Um They're going to talk about that, and they're going to talk about CO2 emissions and carbon footprints and all kinds of things that sound really cool, especially for those that, you know, those people that are mushrooms that I talk about often, kept in the dark and covered with manure. They're just mushrooms because all these clowns are going to be flying in on their private jets. They have absolutely no respect for the things that they talk about. And if they do, it's window dressing. It's just enough to provide cover so that they can't be called out, even though it's obvious. Oh, and by the way, the media is going to be there. So shame on all of them. You know, I used to really wonder when I was younger about the World Economic Forum and what goes on there. I even thought about going myself. And um, I'm so glad I didn't because it would have been – such a waste of time. And that waste of time is just increasing every year. It, this this forum gets worse and worse. And if you pay attention to it and you see what's, what they're trying to accomplish, um, y- you kind of realize that right out of the gate. So, um, but we're going to keep an eye on it. We'll be talking about it next week on the Morning News Express and then back here and uh, letting people know. Uh, kind of what's going on. 
Uh, quick break, and then when we come back, we'll be looking at some economic data. Stay tuned. In the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? All those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in. You may think every weather app is the same. Until you see WeatherBug over-deliver on so many layers. With more free map layers than any other weather app, WeatherBug warns you the moment lightning strikes near you. Prepares you for your commute with road conditions, routes, and even cameras. With everything from pollen and air quality to severe storm risks, radar, and satellite coverage, WeatherBug prepares you for the unpredictable. Download the WeatherBug app, trusted by over 10 million users, today for free. Mid-Maryland deserves a voice. Here are my demands. And it has one. This is the best conversation I've ever had. In Free Talk, 930 WFMD. Where we're moving on. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. You can grab it there. As far as the economic uh, data this week, a couple pieces just obviously jumped out at me. One was the NFIB, the Small Federation of Independent Business. Their uh, Small Business Optimism Index came out. Unfortunately, it declined uh, um, over two points to a reading of 89.8, marking the 12th consecutive month below the 49-year average. So uh, these small business owners, according to this, uh, this uh, organization, um, they're expecting better business conditions over the next uh, six months as far as how they view that, I should say. That actually worsened by eight points from where it was in November. So um, same same story. You know, these small business owners are dealing with high inflation. They've got jobs that they can't uh, fill because too many people don't want to work. Um, there's just a lot, a lot of headwind that uh, that they have to deal with. So that report uh, was not good because, of course, small businesses are the backbone of the country. Um, and then I mentioned uh, before the break, uh, you know, the uh, inflation number. So we got the inflation report from December, uh, and it showed the headline number that we went from 7.1% in November to 6.5% in December. So the headline number obviously improved, still well above the 2%. And, you know, when you're at 6.5% and your target's 2 you're – you're off in the woods somewhere. You're way far away from the road that you need to be on. And the other thing is, when we're honest and we look at these inflationary pressures, not not the headline number, but when we look at other issues that impact people, all people, especially um, people that can't afford this inflation that they they have to deal with on a daily basis. Food prices remained elevated 
they were actually up 10.4% from December of 2021. That's a lot more than 6.5, isn't it? That's food. Got to have food. Look at the cost of fuel oil up by 40, over 41% year over year. Shelter cost, they were up 7.5%. Transportation services, they were up 14.6%. All right. So then we'll talk a little bit more about the food because we have to, uh, you know, we have to eat. People have to take care of themselves. have to take care of their children. They have to take care of their grandchildren. Eggs. Eggs. Up by almost 60% year over year. Butter. Up over 31%. Flour. 23.4%. Milk. 12.5%. Lettuce. Just shy of 25%. I could go on and on and on. The people walking around on TV, on the radio, writing on the Internet that inflation, you know, we're really, really making progress and things are great and this economy is something special and all the money we spent, meaning the government, is why you see this uh, inflation coming down is a joke. I mean a joke. I'm talking serious self-denial here. And lies, because that's really what it is, and they know it. But um, if you're poor, if you're on a fixed income, you're single mom, I can't imagine. I really feel for you. I mean, I really, really do. And it's just tearing people up every single day. Food, energy, shelter, They aren't luxuries. They're the necessities that we all need um, to not only survive, but, you know, to keep, to have that dignity, right? I mean, we're working hard, want to make sure that uh, we're keeping up with inflation or wages. They're not. Wages are, yeah, they have been going up, but nowhere near what inflation is. So you're losing money. You're running in place if you're lucky, if you're not going backwards. And then we saw Jerome Powell this week. Um, he was over, already over in uh, Switzerland. And um, he was uh, basically saying that the Federal Reserve needs to be independent and we're going to make tough decisions and we don't care about the politics of it. So we're going to fight that inflation and we're going to raise rates if we need to and blah, blah, blah. And if he had just done these things before inflation became rampant, instead of worrying about getting reappointed, then those folks I just talked about, the poor, those on fixed income, single moms, wouldn't be dealing with all this on a, a a daily basis. I mean, let's face it. When you tell somebody that eggs are up 60% and they look at you and say transitory, does that help? Of course not. It's a joke. And um, that's why none of us are buying into it, or at least a ton of us aren't. And that's what's so good 
and we're going to keep their feet to the fire and call them out for what they are. And when we come back on the other side of this break, we're going to be talking with my guest, Mr. Jerry Geasley, and uh, he's a senior VP of global distribution at Angel Studios. And um, this is just a wonderful story, success story all the way around. What they the the what they produce, how they do it, their financial structure. You'll definitely want to stay tuned for that. 